Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. And the doctor is in for this hour of Heart Health Radio, Dr. Franklin Weefald, right here. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It's a it's a nice day out there. Yeah, and every day is a good day. Well, when you're when you're hey, vertical, when, you know. No, but also when you're on the radio. Yes, every day is a good day. We enjoy doing this. This has never been about building up somebody's practice. It has been about increasing knowledge about health. I just have fun doing it and having fun. I do. It's. It's talking to people and talking about the news and maybe raising people's awareness so their health can be better. You're going to teach us about vaccines coming up in yeah, just a moment. Yeah, because I think it's confusing. Yep. What are the vaccines made of? Uh, do they work? Uh, right. What are the side effects going to be? And what's the difference? There's three out now. So okay. are they similar or are they different? I've got uh, a young fella in the uh, in the waiting room here. He's, his name is Ace from Gastonia. How you doing, Ace? I'm fine. Well, I'm okay. Good. You are on now with Dr. Franklin Weefold. Now, you and I spoke, and you have some health concerns, and I'd like you to tell us about those concerns now. Okay, I'll try to do my very best. Hey, you're among uh, friends. Just I'm relax. 75, and, yeah. I'm 75 years old, and uh, I go to the VA. About 10 years ago, I went to uh, make a long story short, I had uh, a silent heart attack, didn't know it, and so I went to the, the VA and I said, "My, I got about 100,000 miles on this motor, and I wonder if it needs a <laughs> ring job, valve job, or uh, overhaul. And so uh, he said, we'll take it from the bottom and go to the top. Uh, so I ended up with a uh, triple bypass, and I came home. And everything was all right for just a little while, and uh, I got some uh, fluid come out of my chest. And so I ended up back up the, the Asheville VA, and uh, they took my sternum out because I had MRSA. So I spent seven months up there. All right. Then later on, I came home, and, and everything was all right for a while. And uh, But then I had a, a sudden death heart attack. Oof. Then after that, uh, uh, I made it through that. But then I have, uh, as far as I can remember, that's the first time I knew. Shortly after that, that I had congestive heart failure. And I've been to the the VA and asked, I mean, Salisbury one time for it, and then one time in Gastonia through the choice program to the VA. Ace, I guess I'm going to jump to your question you're concerned about your lack of knowledge about the congestive heart failure. Am I correct on that? Yes, I've been through this for 10 years, and nobody's ever uh, gave me an up-to-date on what's going on. And I don't know what I got tomorrow or the next day or what I can do. Or Now, here, here's... Show me a, through a CD or a DVD or something like that. Uh, that is my bucket list. Somehow, somehow or another, I want to get... Uh, he wants to understand. Yeah. No, listen. 
it, that's why you're here on the show. Um, you're a, a pretty classic uh, presentation for somebody with heart failure. So what happened to you was that you've developed scar tissue from heart attacks. So instead of healthy heart muscle pumping away, you've got a large part of your heart that's replaced by scar tissue that doesn't pump. It just sits there. And so what happens is your heart gets larger to try to pump out more blood because it can't pump out enough with one heartbeat. And then what happens when it can't pump, the pressure builds up in your lungs sort of backwards because the heart's not pumping it out of your lungs. And then that fluid that's in your lungs sort of just goes into the air sacs and you can't breathe. And then do your legs swell too? Uh, not really. Okay. Not so you legs. have, yeah, your right heart still works. The right heart pumps that blood from the right side of your body into your lungs and your left heart, which is damaged and scarred, can't pump enough, so the fluid builds up in your lungs. And okay, this now is one thing I would like to say right quick. Yeah, I have between a thirty-five—I mean, a thirty and thirty-five function. Thirty and thirty-five what? Function. Uh, the, oh, 35. Okay, that's an important number. Okay. And that's what I was going to get to next, the ejection fraction. The doctors will call it the EF. Now, when you're 35%, that doesn't mean your function is 35%. That's kind of confusing. The normal ejection fraction, that's the amount of blood that your heart pumps out, is 55. So if you have 100 you know, uh, ounces in your heart. It's actually not that much, but let's just use an example. With every heartbeat, the normal is 55%. Yours is 30 to 35%. So it's really not that worse than you would have thought. Like your heart's pumping maybe 60% of normal, and you would have thought that number 30 to 35 minutes only pumping 30% of normal. So you're not that bad. I've got patients that are 10, the ejection fraction's 10%, 15%, and guess what? They're living good lives. Now, let me jump to a question. Do you remember your medicines that you take? Oh, yeah. Uh, the first one, see, I take yeah, just, two names, Flamisarine, Right, so ferrosamide. That's the water uh, pill. That's the LASIK. Yep. All right, now, he wanted me to take uh, one, uh, wait just a second. He's, he's checking. He's grabbing Oh, yeah, get your list up. In the mean, when you're ready to interrupt me, but we're going to go over what each medicine does. And, right, and there are new medicines out, too, that I'm wondering whether you're on or not. You got another name for us, Ace? I'm sorry? Do you have another medicine? Did you grab a bottle and you want to read a bottle to us? Oh well, well, I want to. Yeah, I take four. Okay. I take uh, uh, Eloquist. Okay. Fluvisarine. Uh huh. Metrobolol. Great. Albuterol. Is that right? Albuterol. Is that possible? Yeah. It's for your lungs. I take dioxin and get with it. Dioxin. And are you taking something called an ACE inhibitor like lisinopril? Oh, oh uh, uh, no! I tell you what. Now, see, I don't know what happened. But I, when I went to the hospital and everything, I used to have high blood pressure. Uh-huh. Now it's low. Now it's low. Yeah. Oh, do you have a defibrillator, too? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And do you have something uh, called you atrial... Talk, you talk, you're talking about a... Uh, shock box. 
Yeah, if you want to call yeah. it that, yes. And how about, um, do you have atrial fibrillation, too? Well, that's how it started. Yeah. All right, so the Eliquis with the AFib we've talked about, I had it, I talked to you about it last week, um, that's to prevent a clot from forming, to break off and go to your brain. The furosemide is to keep the excess fluid out of your lungs. The metoprolol, that's to help control your heart rate, but also to keep your heart from reacting to adrenaline or stress hormone and get it stressed out. Now, I guess your blood pressure is too low to be on something called an ACE inhibitor or an angiotensin receptor blocker. What that does is help the heart pump stronger by making the arteries it pumps into more elastic so the heart doesn't have to push against a heavy pressure. What's your blood pressure run? Well, it varies. Uh, It's never 135 or anything like that. Is it over 100? You know, they want it to be 120 over 70. Actually, yeah. But is it lower than that? Mine's always lower than that. Yeah. Usually. Well, let me just... 115. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it goes down to... Uh, close to 50, you know, sometimes. On the bottom, right. So the top number is what we really care about in terms of what you've got. Did that they ever talk? Around, that's usually say, when I was in the hospital, they uh, when they come in my room, they'd say, if it's below 100, don't take your blood pressure medicine. Uh-huh. And so I quit taking lisinopril. Right. Have they talked to you about a new medicine that's really great? It's called Entresto. Have, they, have, the, have the VA doctors talked to you about that yet? Well, now, I, I go to the VA uh, on a normal basis, but uh, there's a new program that... Uh, I was about to say this. The program uh, that uh, the president came out with that uh, you could go to a, a local if you really had Right. Have you done that yet? Yes, I have been. And I, f- I forgot to ask you, where do you live? Uh, Gastonia, 20 miles west of uh, Charlotte. North Carolina. Oh, great. Yeah, that's, that's a good area. He's well, listening on the Truth Network. The in Truth Network. Yeah. Okay, that's so yes. the interesting thing is that I think you're on some pretty good medications. Talk to your private doctor about digoxin. What they're trying to do is slow your heart rate down. And the problem is digoxin in situations like yourself may actually, and in some studies, has shown that it weakens the heart instead of strengthening it. Now, the other thing is, if you can tolerate it by blood pressure, this medicine called Entresto, E-N-T-R-E-S-T-O, may help your heart get stronger and help you live longer and stay out of the hospital. Um, It's brand new, well, two years old. That's Mm -hmm. brand new in my lifetime. And it re- I've got a lot of patients on it now in place of lisinopril or the ACE inhibitor. And it seems to work really well. Uh, the problem is you have to have enough blood pressure to take it. Now, what's interesting, I've seen some patients, instead of it lowering their blood pressure, it actually raises it because it makes the heart beat stronger and therefore you have a higher blood pressure. Now, are they weighing I've been, you? I've been having so much trouble breathing that it's hard yeah. for me to to walk or exercise. Yeah. Let me ask you, do you wait? Or I've, fall, I've fallen off. You know, in my yeah. age, you fall off anyway. But sure. Yeah. Do they do they ask you to weigh yourself every day? Well, now, they used to do that, but uh, uh, I don't do that anymore. See, that's one of the most important things you can do because what that tells you. Oh, that's that three-pound thing. Yeah. 
And so if you can adjust your water pill or your furosemide on the basis of your weight. So you go up three pounds, you take a certain amount, you drop two pounds, you don't take it that day. And it seems to control things better. But what you've got to get is a baseline weight. And I know they had to check your blood pressure. Let me say this, if if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I want you to say something. The reason I call is because all that you've told me, I accept it. It makes me feel real uh, uh, good inside that that somebody is talking to me about it. Yeah. But see, what I'm saying to you is, if what you've told me and all that, then if I could see that or listen to it on a... A CD, just like you've told me. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have YouTube? Do you know what that is? Do you have an Internet? <laughs> okay, he doesn't. I'm 75 years old. Well, guess what I'm going to do? I am going to uh, call you back yep. later on after the show, and we'll talk some more. And then I am going to make you personally a YouTube video that you can um, base what you really want to know on and i can give you some clues to what to watch for can let me ask, let me just get ahead of myself can you lay flat at night or do you have to sit on pillows well that, that goes back to the first time that i went to the va uh from gastonia i drove 64 miles to salisbury just to go to the emergency room uh mm. but i knew when the doctor told me he said he wanted me to stay there uh, for more observations and everything. And I said, well, I'm supposed to do this and do that. So I didn't stay, but but uh, I should have stayed. That and might have said, been a good idea. He said, he said, well, why don't you lay down over here? I said, don't tell me to lay down. I can't lay yeah, down. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's several things that you can do. The most important is your weight. And then the second most important thing is to know the symptoms of when you're getting worse. And... It would be I've that you. I've learned that. I've yeah, learned that. You can't lay flat anymore. Um, you get short of breath when you're sitting. You get swelling in your legs. Yeah. As far as laying down. Good. Have they gone I'm over? Just trying to, I'm just trying to fight it. You know? Yeah. Well, you can't. And, and let me just this, tell I'm you. I'm trying to fight this fluid, you know? All the things that have come on in the last 10, 15 years, I can tell you, if we get them and get you in the program, there's no reason why you can't have a good life. Maybe not the strong type of life that you're used to, but... Well, it, almost makes, it almost makes me cry. Well, because, that's bad. Because, because uh, I do want to exercise. I do want to uh, get some muscle back, you know? Yeah, and, and let me tell you, it can be done. And so I'm really excited because... You're you're one of my typical patients, and one of the things that I really enjoy is educating my patient what to look for to understand their disease and then know what the medicines are doing in simple terms because it's really not that hard to understand. And then uh, let me ask you: you understand it is not that hard? Yeah. Do you yeah. live Do you live near a hospital? Yeah, I live three miles from. Uh a hospital here in Gaston. Have they ever talked to you about the exercise program that's designed for well, people see, like you? See, then here's the deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm set up to go to cardiac rehab. Yeah. You know, I was set up before, and when I got out of the hospital first time, I went through it, but that was 10 years ago. Right. So they set me up again, but then the uh, the uh, virus came along and knocked me out of it. Yeah, well, I forgot about well, that. Now they set me you. up again, but see, here's the deal. I'm a high risk, you know. 
Sure. Because of, because of my problems and everything. But there again, see, I don't really think I'm strong enough to do the uh, thing there. I need, I need to go to the baby steps, you know? Yeah, well, that's what we want. But baby steps turn into toddler steps and then turn into kid oh, steps. Well, I do want to grow up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? All right. What was your branch of military, and what did you do? That's uh, <laughs> USMC. Marine Corps. Ooh, USMC and guard duty. Were you in Vietnam? Well, I went. Well, I was in there from 63 uh-huh. uh, before Vietnam started. Uh, and I got out in 67. I joined when I was 17. Well, I can tell you, thank you for what you did for our country. Thank you. And the USMC, then, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you listeners and you too. Yeah. I don't know. If, there's one uh, thing I can't tell you, but I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> USMC stands for Uncle Sam's Misguided Children. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say that um, I'm getting a lot of vets now from this program. And I'm going to tell you, President Trump, was uh, smart enough to tell the VA, we can't let all our soldiers and veterans wait around, like in Canada, for six, seven months to get in. And so now they can come see doctors like me and be treated like private practice uh, patients. And I tell you, this is going to get you better. I think it's a great thing. Now, we've got your phone number. I'm going to call you after the show, and we're going to have some telemedicine uh, talk I can't examine you. I can't take your vital signs, but I think I can oh, I help you. That, yeah. I think I can help you. Uh, we started off a little bit here. We don't have really the time that we need to go into more detail, but you're oh, going to you're yeah. get better. I can promise well, you that. I, I just want, in other words, a lot of times if you find it, you have to have the equipment. Yes. I understand. Well, listen. That's what I'm asking for, you know. Yep. All right, Ace. and we're gonna we're gonna help you get it. God bless you, and and keep you, and we are gonna work with you. Thank you, Ace. I hope, I hope God bless God bless America. Yep. You too. You got it. Well, God has blessed America absolutely with, with Ace people, with people like him. Right. We have the return of fake news coming up. Is medicine gonna be free in the future? Because it's going to be digital. I doubt it. We've got another fellow in the studios sort of doubts it. That's coming up on Heart Health Radio. I kind of missed this. I did. Well, you know, we've done the, the Hall of Shame, and we had to do both anyway. Yeah. This is uh, this is a really a commentary on medical journalism, so called. It's, it's not objective. It's never going to be objective anymore. It drives me crazy. CNN had a nurse on who was telling everybody that at her hospital there were people who were dying of COVID and who were denying that they were denying or denying that they that they had COVID. They were confused. Yeah, I think the hardest thing to watch is that people are still looking for something else and they want a magic answer and they don't want to believe that COVID is real. And the reason I tweeted what I did is it wasn't one particular patient. It's just a culmination of so many people and their last dying words are, um, this can't be happening. It's not real. 
and when they should be spending time FaceTiming their families, they're filled with anger and hatred. And it just made me really sad the other night. Okay, and um, now, I just can't believe that those are going to be their last thoughts and words. Now, she says this, that it's happening on her ward. And, and the reason why CNN, it fits their narrative. And, and that's the thing now. They don't care about the truth. They care about their narrative. That is to say what their whole shtick is about COVID. Did somebody go back to the other people they on the didn't ward? didn't do it at all. Well, no. CNN didn't fact check. And see, this is South Dakota. And what have they been saying the whole time is that you can't do what they do in South Dakota, which is keep things open and try to keep things going. Now, South Dakota does have a bad situation going on. But they didn't fact check. So some other journalists went and called her ward, called the physicians, called the nurses and said, is this your experience? They said, no, this has never happened. I mean, this I'm going to say it right now. This lady is lying through her teeth. She was claiming that people were deeply confused and in denial about COVID. Right. So this is another red state, blue state, and the yeah. people in the red states are crazy, and this proves it. Terrible. It's like the Nick Covington thing, okay? Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes. if you remember— Nicholas was, Salmon of Covington Salmon. High School. Nicholas Salmon, Covington right. High School. He supposedly was attacking a Native American indigenous person, and it turned out it was the other way around. Right. And they refused to try to correct it at first because it wasn't in their narrative. All right. No time for another story. Let me just tell you what's yeah. coming up. We're going to save the uh, – somebody has decided that because eventually in the future we're all going to be seen by a computer, that they're going to punch in all that information. They're going to give me a diagnosis and a treatment plan using AI, using a computer. And because of that, it's all going to become very much free or almost free. We're also going to discover on this show what a – Samoji? Yep. Samoji. What Samoji a Samoji If you're diabetic, apparently you're supposed to have a Samoji. And I didn't no, know that. No, no, no. You're supposed to have a snack and avoid the Samoji. Avoid the Samoji. Okay. I'm confused about That's the okay, whole thing. because it's the first time you've heard about We're it. We're going to straighten this out coming up on Heart Health Radio. <clears throat> now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783, and it has been ringing today. We do not have um, Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News, but I'd love for you to go to NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org for your daily updates and for feature articles about health in North Carolina. Great site, great person. Rose, we miss you. Herb and Fuquay Verena. How you doing, Herb? Hey, good morning. Hey, hey, good morning. What's up? Thank you, first of all, for what you all do at PPFs. Thank you so much for this show. It's You're welcome. Everyone. My question is this. It's kind of a crazy question, but I've always wanted to ask a doctor and never got the nerve to do it. Um, you know, you go to a dentist, they say, for a checkup, and they take your blood pressure. Yeah. And they don't cross your, uncross your legs so your circulation would be proper. Okay. When you lay on the side sleeping and say your arm goes to sleep, things like that cuts off your circulation. My question is, what keeps your body's circulation or blood pressure from 
doing the same thing when you're standing on, say, the bottom of your feet. Your weight is on the bottom of your feet, or you're sitting, you know, in a chair for a limited long time. Yeah. What keeps that blood pressure normal, say, on your hips when you're sitting in a chair or when you're standing, you know, on your feet all the time? That is actually something. Yeah, that's a great question. And your body is constantly changing to adapt to blood pressure. So there's three main ways. Your heart senses how much blood is in it. Then there's something in the right side of your neck for most of us called a carotid body. And it's like a, like a, a gauge. And it measures what kind of blood is flowing up to your brain. Your kidneys also can measure how much blood is flowing. And then your brain gets all these signals. And if you are standing, your brain sends signals to your legs to tighten up those arteries, tighten up those veins, so more blood stays in the top part of your body. And then your arteries and your arms tighten up too, and it maintains your blood pressure. A lot of times your heart starts to beat stronger also to maintain blood pressure. And then when you lay down, that whole change in the way blood is in your body, it pulls in your rear end and pulls in your back. It does. And then all of these things start to change and your carotid body, your kidneys and your brain and your heart all work together to maintain a normal blood pressure. And it's a very complex system. Now, I have a lot of patients where it doesn't work. So, for example, they stand up. And they, boom, their blood pressure falls because this mechanism is not working. That's called orthostatic hypotension. And so a lot of times you stand up, you get dizzy, your heart starts to race because the body and its normal signals going through the brain and the brain responding and trying to, you know, constrict and relax certain arteries doesn't work. So – I will say this. You talked about how you go to the dentist and they tell you to uncross your legs to take yeah. your blood. That is right. B, that's BS, okay? Your <laughs> blood pressure is not going to go up that much, maybe a point or two. And the other thing is I can't tell you the number of people who come to my office and say the dentist wouldn't operate on me. My blood pressure was 180 over 110. Yeah. So I talk yeah. to them about 10 minutes and schmooze them. That's, that's the word I really love, schmooze. Yeah. That means, you know, you ask them what they do. You get them to laugh a little bit. Take their blood pressure, 120 over 70. And so th- the bottom line is your blood pressure never stays the same. I mean, when Dave and I get in an argument, I've checked yes. my blood pressure. Yes. It's 200. I know. When we're laughing, yep. the, it's 110. So. Yep. Don't think that if you go to the dentist and your blood pressure is high, that it's because you have high blood pressure. It's probably because, like everybody else, you hate going to the dentist. The white coat syndrome. Yep. And it's the, you know, that's the dental burr. (laughs) That's the dental burr syndrome. So, you know, uncross your legs or cross your leg. And the other thing is they take that blood pressure cuff on their wrist, you know, and they put it close to their heart. Uh, Come on. That's not. That's just BS. Voodoo is what it is. It's voodooism. Yeah, Yeah. your blood pressure is going to vary. And the most important thing, if you have high blood pressure, is take it twice a day. And you take it sitting in the morning and standing after a minute. Because Hmm. some of the medicines you take for high blood pressure can actually make your blood pressure very low when you stand up. And the other thing is get one that fits. If you have a big arm... You need a big cuff. Yeah. If you have a small arm, you need a small cuff 
Because I've seen, I had a lady come into my office, seven blood pressure medicines. She weighed 360 pounds. Nice lady. Yeah. But she said she was passing out a lot of time. So they figured she must have an electrical problem or something. So I got the thigh cuff because her arm was as big as my thigh. And they make a cuff large enough to take blood pressures in the thigh. Yeah. You know what her blood pressure was? No. 90. She was good. And was- so I just stopped all her medicines and her blood pressure went about 140 and I had her on one medicine and she didn't pass out anymore. Yeah. So everybody thinks taking a blood pressure is simple. You can train somebody to do it. There was in New York City, they would, they would have these tables yeah. And the people would come up, pay a dollar to have somebody check their blood pressure. Sure. And it's some lady they trained that morning. She'd say 130 over 80. And she says, was that you know, the patient who paid a dollar? Well, not a patient, but the guy who paid the dollar would say, what does that mean? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, blood pressure is not simple. And it, it, have you ever had your doctor check your blood pressure or is it always the nurse? It's usually the nurse. Yeah. I always check the blood pressure. So if I go in and it's 120 over 80, I'll check it in 10 minutes, especially if it's 170 over 100. Sure. Nine times out of 10, maybe seven times out of 10, when I check it after schmoozing for a little bit, it's back to normal. That doesn't mean it's okay. I get them to get a cuff and I send them home. I have them check it at 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. sitting and standing. I have them write it down and bring it in. And then I can tell whether they really have high blood pressure. Herb, we're glad you called. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to get that answer. And, you know, it tells you, it reminds me, too, that's how amazing God is. and how Absolutely. God, the way he did. And let me tell you, we're going to talk on this show about science, medicine, and God. And let me tell you, no matter what people say. Yeah. They are linked. And if you don't believe it, I'm going to tell you something about quantum mechanics, and that'll blow your mind. Herb, thanks a lot for the phone call. Poor Janet's been waiting for an hour and a half, but we we got you on now. Janet, hi, how are you? Hello, it's Janice, J-A-N-I-C-E. Janice, good to see you. Good to hear from Um, you. My question is, what would make uh, my heart rate read 167? That's what it read about an hour ago. Now, that was on your blood pressure cuff. It said the heart rate? Yes. On the blood pressure cuff, I take my blood pressure each morning, and it normally runs uh, between 118, 73, 84, just a slab bit higher, maybe 120. But never have I seen um, heart rate to be 167. And it is a blood pressure cuff that I use. Right. Let me ask you a question. When it was 167, how did you feel? Um, I felt okay because I had been riding the pedal bike. I oh, ride, okay. I ride daily, uh, 30 minutes to an hour. You're making me tired. When, I'm <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let me ask. So no, you weren't. You weren't. I'm sorry. You weren't dizzy. You didn't feel your heart beating out of your chest. It was just the number came up 167. The number came up 167, but I must say that when I had the cup on my arm and my heart, and my hand crossed my heart, uh, it kind of tightened up a little tighter than normal. And then I felt a slight bit discomfort 
in my chest, the heart area. Mm-hmm. It was just a quick discomfort, and yeah. then the the cup released, and I checked it, and I was surprised to right. see that number one thirty two seventy seven over one sixty seven. Did you check it again, like ten minutes later? No, I have not. Yeah. I was listening to you all, and I thought well, I'm going to call and ask him, and sure. then I'm going to check it again. Go and again, so I've you what. never had the heart rate to be that high. Hang on. I'm going to give my spiel here, and I want you to hang on the phone. I want you to recheck your numbers, and I'll get back to you in just a second. The three things that could be. Number one. This thing called atrial fibrillation. Um, And that's when it goes really high. And I had it. Mine was going about 170. And I felt – but see, the key thing is I felt terrible. Yeah. Now, some people – my ex-wife had a a stroke from AFib and didn't even know she had AFib. And they picked it up when she put the monitor on and they turned the monitor and said, oh, my God, start these blood centers right away. Right. And the second thing it could be is something called – atrial tachycardia or sinus tachycardia. And that's when the regular heartbeat can go that fast in response to exercise. But usually in someone over the age of 60, it never gets that fast. It's possible. And the third thing it can be is a machine error. And always remember that all these tests we do, all these machines we use are not 100% accurate. So did you recheck your pressure? Oh, I hope put it on hold. Uh, Janet, uh, Janice, did you recheck it? No, I have not. I thought he was going to put me on hold and I check it. Go uh, ahead and check it. check it as we speak. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead, ahead and now. check it. And so okay. this is the other key thing. If you get... I listen to you all. I enjoy listening to the show. <laughs> Thank, all you. Right. Thank you, Janice. The, um, the thing about your blood pressure at home, if you get a wacky number, yeah, check it again. Sure. And remember, they're not always 100% accurate. But what I'm going to recommend is that she go to a doctor, her doctor or a cardiologist, and have a monitor put on. And these monitors can go for a week. It can go for two weeks. It can go for a month. And they're called telemetries. And they send a signal to a a, uh, central computer. And then a person looks at it and can tell you what this rhythm is. I use them all the time. Janice, what do you think? Okay, I will do that. I have been checked by a heart doctor in the past, and uh-huh. it came; it was normal. But the blood pressure now is 164 over 86, 98. So the heart rate? heart rate went down, but the top number went up. Yeah, so here's, here's the thing. You, you need to call your doctor Monday and okay. get an appointment and go over all these things and have uh, him or her get you checked out for... A rapid heartbeat, because it could be some things that could potentially uh, affect your health in the future. Okay. Janice, thank you very much. I appreciate you being on the radio. What a great question. Yeah, great phone Practi- calls overall this today. This is practicality today. Yeah. The, Instead of all this wacky stuff I like to talk about. Well, it's not It's not theoretical medicine. It's actual people with an issue. Yeah. I love it. We talked, and we're probably going to try to squeeze it in here if we if we can, about my morning. I woke up with my sugar within an okay range, but I felt as if my sugar was extraordinarily low. Right. And, and, so, gonna, and then later on this morning, you were high, high. 
Right. High, high, high. Well, higher than I should be. He's high. We, we may talk. No, I wasn't that kind of high. We may talk about that coming up. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. This is Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me want to kick my heels up and down, throw my hands up and down, throw my head back. Every now and then you just find somebody who needs to be shouted out. Who is it this week, Doctor? Okay, everybody knows or should know I'm half Chinese, half Norwegian. And I saw an article. I got to shout this guy out. His name is Zhang Kimin. And to you people on Facebook, I am holding up his picture. And he, <laughs> he appears. A, he's a Chinese guy. He's yeah. 100 years old. <laughs> and haven't you always seen on TV, what's the secret to this 110 year old? Right. They say, I exercised, I didn't eat any meat. You know, and all this stuff. Yeah. And if you want to live longer, okay. Guess again. <laughs> it's genetics. For somebody to get that old. Yeah. Okay. Now, maybe if you li- if your daddy died at 60 and you lived to 80, yeah. it's because you, you know, did things, no sugar, exercise. But this guy smokes two <laughs> packs a day. He drinks three whiskeys. Did you know that Chinese people like whiskey? I did not know that. They do. Rice wine, but they... Love whiskey. They love, love whiskey. their whiskey. Okay. And you know what? Yeah. He eats whatever he wants to eat. Whatever. Now, here's the key thing. His mommy and his daddy lived to old age. Yeah. There is something about genetics that can make us sicker than normal. <laughs> yes. And can make us more well or healthier than normal. So what I want to tell people out there is if you want a Snickers bar every now and then, great. But <clears throat> if your parents died young. Yes. You need to think that you have to do certain things like cut back on sugar, cut back on white flour, don't smoke, exercise. But that's not going to be the secret fountain of youth. And Zhang came in, has showed us. There's so many people who live into the 110, 112 range. Yeah. And it's because of genetics. So if you really think you want to live to 100, your parents had better live have better lived to an old age. Um, and then the, sometimes, you know, the parents live to an old age and you get the bad genes, you know. Right. And it's a shuffle. Every time a kid is born, there's a shuffling of genes. But this this makes me happy to see people who've enjoyed their life and not worried about dying Yeah, and have lived a good life. This guy, is, is he, he gets around, he does stuff, he works. I always, I always assume the Keith Richards parents are still alive. That, <laughs> you know what I mean? That yeah. Genetics being what it is, in order for him to still be alive, maybe his parents are still alive. Maybe. Yeah, he's done. Okay, interesting fact. Yeah, Do what? I have time for an interesting fact? Sure. I saw this thing on BuzzFeed. I don't really like BuzzFeed all that much because they're the ones who went after you know President Trump with some crazy stuff. But they had amazing facts. <laughs> Okay. Now, you know who John Tyler was? Yeah. Tenth president of the United States. Okay. And he was alive during the Revolutionary War. Okay. His grandson died this year. Now, think about that. Okay? Wow. The 1830s, John Tyler was president. Apparently, his kid, I mean, he had a kid when he was 80 or something like that. And his kid had a kid when he was 80. This... This man, yes. grandfather, was alive in the Revolutionary War. 
That's scary. And, and so longevity is not only a great thing in terms of medical issues, but it, it makes us realize that you know we have connections, direct connections back to a long time ago. You know, and it's neither, really fantastic. Neither one of those men could play baseball with their kid. <laughs> you never 90, know. Ninety-two I think years Zane, old. Zane came in, plays baseball. Well, he probably day. does. <laughs> Has a hot dog doing it. All right, so. I'm supposed to snack before bed? Yes. Now, diabetes, type 2 diabetes. That's me. If you're on, that's when you get it when you're older, and it's because of insulin resistance. Your insulin is there, yeah. but it doesn't work. Now, you know why people get diabetes? It's a genetic thing. Yeah. Way back when we were cave people, there was feast and famine. Yeah. So you had to store as much sugar as possible in order to survive, and that's you develop fat. So you're insulin was resistant so the sugar would build up as fat okay and then you would be able to outlive me skinny dude uh when there was no uh food so when you take insulin yeah okay that's it's a higher level in your bloodstream and if you take certain diabetic medications they're always wanting to push your sugar down so suppose you don't have a snack and you've had your insulin that's going to still work while you're sleeping Yes. So what happens to some people when they don't take a snack to carry the, the sugar levels through the nighttime? Right. It drops around 4 a.m. to 40. Now, you're asleep, and you've had a low sugar spell. What happens is your heart starts to pound. You start to sweat. Yes. That's what we call a counter-reactivity. Your body is pushing adrenaline and pushing cortisol, which are two factors that raise the sugar. So you go to bed at 200 of your sugar, 150 of your sugar, and you wake up 300. And you think, I didn't take enough insulin. Well, what you didn't do was have a a pre-bed snack to carry your sugar levels while you're sleeping instead of having them drop. So they're dropped at 4 a.m. Your body is fighting it. You wake up, and it's gone to 300. So then you start taking insulin, and you start trying to shoot it down again. Yes. Really important. A snack before you go to bed. And it can be some applesauce. It can be something with a little glucose in it, a little sugar in it. And this effect is called Samoji. So Samoji was some dude. I don't know. A lot of things are named after people. You know, the earlobe creases are named after me, the Frank sign. No, it's actually the Frank sign. Okay. But ask your doctor if you're having trouble with your sugars in the morning. And you don't feel good when you wake up because let me tell you, yeah. a low sugar episode, even when you're asleep, yes. has side effects. And you're going to wake up groggy. You're going to wake up perhaps sweaty. So night sweats, that can be one of the things that's happening is samogene because the adrenaline that you fire up to get your sugar out of the 40s can make you sweat too and make you just really tired. That is what it felt like this morning. Yes. Now, my sugar was in the 300s, right. which is too high. Right, because, because your body was fighting that 40 so much, it shut your, your sugar up to 300. But I had the physical symptoms yeah. of a low. Low sugar. I had the heartbeat too hard. I could hear my heartbeat. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly. It was, that's what it sounded right, so like. So here's our test. Tonight, before yeah. you go to bed, have a graham cracker. Ooh. Yeah. A whole graham cracker? Not, well, you know. One of them, I'm holding up my fingers can I have the about two, this big. Can I have two graham crackers? Uh, let's see. 
Okay. Okay. And tomorrow, Dave's going to call me. <laughs> Can he eat an entire apple? I don't know. You're still taking the tr- Trulicity, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm what, taking all my medicine. You're Metformin. Yes. All right. All right. No, no. <laughs> he's, he's, no, 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 no. No diet. bread. No white bread. No white bread. How about uh, pasta? No. I hey, I went over at your house the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> it some. was spaghetti. Yes, it was. It was good. It was good stuff. But not a no-no. All right. Somebody says that medicine will eventually end up being almost free because it's going to be telemedicine with a computer. And this was in a major newspaper. And I think I think they're wrong. Well, not only are they wrong, I think it's, it's, it's something that I always tell people is look at the source. Okay. Yeah. So this guy is a venture capitalist for technology, for artificial intelligence. Now, what are these people trying to say? They're saying that technology is going to be so great, you don't need to see a doctor. You don't know, you, you're just going to plug your finger into some socket and it's going to tell you your blood pressure, your sugar. It's going to uh, tell you what kind of car you drive. And he's selling his technology in order for you to buy it and invest in it. Yeah, and well. let me tell you something. I'd like to know, we don't have much time, any of y'all listening out there, if you've had a telemedicine visit lately because of COVID, yeah. call us and tell us how it went. You may have liked it right? because you didn't have to go to the uh, doctor's office. But I can tell you right now, I gave up on them. I can't take vital signs. If the lighting isn't right, yeah. I can't tell if they're uh, good complexioned or pale. Yeah. And they're hiding behind a camera. They're going to tell me they're great. And I can't see their body language to tell me whether they're really telling me what's going on. And I can't listen to them. I mean, you can't put a, a, a computer camera against somebody's chest and hear what their lungs sound like. And right. so really important. It will be just as effective as maybe tele-education. Or, uh, yeah. or worse. That's Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.